Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Tuesday, January 24th. Coming up, we'll hear from Missouri Governor Mike Parson on his budget priorities for this year. But first, some headlines. Kansas City public schools and charter schools lost out on $45 million in potential funding last year because of tax breaks for real estate developers. That amounts to $1,700 per pupil redirected from Kansas City schools and into development projects, according to a district report. Rebecca Markham-Parker is a librarian at East High School. We really could use funding for more books. And our our furniture here in the library, a lot of it is 40 years old. It was placed here about the time I graduated from high school. With more funding, the district says it could expand programs like music, science, and foreign languages for elementary students and expand pre-K. The owners of a northeast Kansas City apartment complex that had been without heat since Friday say they expect gas service to be fully restored this morning. KCUR's Carlos Moreno reports. Parker Webb, CEO of FTW Investments, which owns the complex, arrived with an electrician yesterday to correct code violations before Spire could turn the gas meters back on. Resident Sophia B. and others say this is the first time they had seen an owner on site. B. says they were left to watch out for each other over the weekend. I want to help my neighbor too. When I support into them, they need to support into me too. Because I want to be warm. They want to be warm too. FTW paid to temporarily house some residents off-site, but many chose to stay in the cold over fear their belongings would be stolen. We'll be back after this. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive. When Missouri Governor Mike Parson announced his budget last week, many of his proposals received unexpected bipartisan support. Chief among them was an increase on spending for child care. In an interview with KCUR's Steve Kraske on Up to Date, Parson said the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on working families was one reason for that policy decision. Here's an excerpt of their conversation about this year's proposed Missouri budget, edited for length. Well, at your State of the State address last week, you laid out a plan for, you know, a robust government spending program using some of those billions of dollars in surplus uh, money that the state government has in the bank right now. What's the first thing on the agenda for you? What's your first priority as you look ahead? You know, I I think two things, Steve, that really probably stands out to me on the infrastructure piece is something that's been a priority for a long time, I-70, really getting to really take a serious look at that to be able to finally do something that was a, was a big part of that. The other one probably is daycare, uh, trying mm-hmm. to find out how we keep more people in the workforce and how we provide those services, uh, and not only for just people working days. Uh, you know, there's a big part of the population anymore work swing shifts, midnight shifts, and trying to find resources for them. It's just a huge problem. Uh, 
And we got to better, do a better job of getting people the, the daycare they need and for their families and everything so we keep them in the workforce. Because I, I don't want them to have to make the decision, do I go to work or do I need, have to stay home with my child? Hmm. You know, I want to have that service where they can go. So I think those two things are, are definitely two big things in there that I, I feel like will, will really move the needle in our state. You know, Governor, a lot of folks listening might be surprised that state government and you as governor of Missouri is concerned about daycare, about child care. Why is that a priority for state government? Well, I, I think if you go back to pre-COVID, uh, Steve, when you go through there, there was 50% of the people in the state of Missouri had a lack of daycare. 50% of the population did. So, so that's a huge number that we, we had to do a little better job. When COVID hit, and now that we've kind of, we're out of that, you know, 30% of those people are not in existence today. Those businesses are not there. So it really, can, you know, it just created a huge shortage of daycare. The plan we have, it's not about state government going out here providing this and doing it. It's about trying to team up with the private sector uh, to be able to offer daycare for employees and stuff and how we can partner with them. It's not just about us going out mm-hmm. there and starting to put up more daycare facilities uh, and run by the state. I'm wondering, as you look at the budget and the state just uh, broadly here, how fortunate you are as governor, how fortunate we all are as Missourians to have a $6 billion budget surplus at, at our behest right now. We've never seen that before. That's creating all kinds of opportunities for you and for the General Assembly right now. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't, there's no question about that. But, you know, Steve, one of the things that I think is always important is to make sure you separate the ARPA money, quote, that federal money, that tranche that come down, and really look and see what is your state doing and what is the sustainability long term. So where are we going to be five years from now, 10 years, even after I'm gone? So we may, sounds good when you say you're sitting on $5 billion, $6 billion, uh, but at the end of the road, you got to figure out where does this thing look four or five years from now because you can't, you know, we've, we've been on a roll, man. I mean, we got 17% increases last fall. We was 15%. We're not going to continue to have those kind of numbers. I hope we do, mm-hmm. but the reality of it is that's probably not always going to happen. You know, between public K through 12 schools and universities, you're hoping to put uh, more than a billion dollars into education next year. What's your thinking behind that? Well, I, I think that's the future for anybody, and I, I and I will tell you that starts with a kid. I mean, you know, we're going to spend a lot of money, early money, in uh, childhood, uh, pre-kindergarten. I mean. We're going to be doing a lot of that's in there. But look, we've got to make sure a kid gets an education. If you if you really want to change society as a whole, whether it's crime, whether it's health care, all the issues that we face every day out here, we've got to get a kid education. You've got to get a, an opportunity to get in the workforce. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, I don't care whether that's public, private, faith-based, charter, you name it. As long as a kid can get an education and get them prepared for the workforce. So to me, there's a big emphasis on that. But there's also the accountability side of it. You know, you got to make sure these kids are learning something when they're in school, that they are being prepared for the job market of tomorrow when they're in high school. You know, what surprised a lot of uh, longtime Capitol observers uh, during your speech last week, Governor, was the extent to which uh, Democrats were on their feet applauding your different initiatives. Uh, You don't see that level of bipartisan support all that often in the state Capitol. What do you think is behind that? You know, I I think, Steve, ever since I come here, maybe, maybe because the gray hair and the years of experience and being around this place for a long time. 
But what I do know, there is, is much more things we agree on than we ever disagree on. Now, don't get me wrong. There's the political hot-button issues that we right. all go through. But transportation is not one of those. Getting a child in education is not one of those. Providing daycare is not political issues. And really what I tried to focus on is what really moves the state of Missouri forward for our, our kids, our grandkids, and how do you really go about doing that? I, I, you look at Washington, D.C. and see how divided it is and how partisan everything is. You know, and you can't even agree on the simplest things anymore. That's not what government was ever set up to do. It, you were supposed to be able to sit down, figure out what is best for the people of the state, and how do you work something together at the table on both sides of the aisle? And things that you don't agree with, just don't even get out of there. You don't need to talk about it. You know, there's going to have people going to have a different opinion on abortion, a different opinion on the Second Amendment. And so we're always we're just going to disagree on those issues. But there's lots of issues we can agree on. Well, let's go back to your proposal to widen I-70, at least in some parts of the state, in the big cities. This has been talked about for quite a long time. What's your thinking on why this is a priority now to get this done? When I first came in office, the Buckle-Neal Bridge was the, one of the biggest issues in right. Kansas City. And I said I would help, and I would get that across the finish line. Roadsport Bridge in Columbia. We set out those projects. The plan we set forward in the state of Missouri, we just took the high-volume areas, Kansas City, Columbia, St. Louis, to be able to get to them are, are, the, are some of the largest expenses for, for the smaller areas. It's most difficult to do. We know if you do those three hubs, if we put those three in place, it's a matter of just connecting the dots. What, whatever the future holds, they're going to finish that. And right now, I believe we can afford to do that. Now, there's a lot more to that plan because we do, we, you know, Sam Graves being now the transportation chair. The congressman uh, from northern gonna, Missouri, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to open up the door probably some more funding. So we maybe can leverage some of that money uh, to be able to get some more federal money and some other issues. Is that a precursor to getting the entire length of I-70 widened in Missouri? Most, most certainly. That's the game plan. That's the way we view this thing. But, you know, keep in mind, this is the first time that we are also using general revenue totally. Mm-hmm. So that's a little different way we've approached it. So, again, you know, I'd love to go in there and just say, hey, we're just going to put everything in there and we're going to be able to do it. But that becomes very risky for the future. And it's just I don't feel comfortable doing that. And nor do I think we have the resources to do it as much as it may sound like we do. We got a lot of the programs out there. We got to be able to sustain too for the next four or five years. You said during your state of the state address that you want to vastly increase broadband internet accessibility across the state of Missouri. The long-term goal is to make broadband access as widespread as electricity. What's your game plan on that front? Yeah, we just got to build the infrastructure for that, Steve. I mean, I mean, and and we sometimes we look at this as a rule issue, and and definitely rule does have its area in that. But you can go to suburban areas of St. Louis and Kansas City, and they got the same problems. Huh. Uh, we just got to do a better job of that. And, and I think really going through the pandemic, uh, when we, we were tempted to do, uh, you know, online, we just wasn't, we wasn't ready for that. We, we don't have the ability to do that in this state, to be right honest about it. Everybody in the state of Missouri at some point should be able to get on the Internet just like you turn the light switch on to your house. And, and that's my end game to that. Uh, but we got to build the infrastructure to get there. 
You know, Governor, the other thing that really struck me and it struck a lot of people in listening to your speech is the extent to which you avoided hot button political issues that you just referred to a few minutes ago. Uh, Nothing about abortion, nothing about critical race theory during your speech. Uh, What was your thinking behind that? Is it is it just time to turn the page in the state on those issues or or what's your thinking there? Again, I'm, I'm going to speak on the behalf. I'll, I'll be careful to try to keep my governor's comment and my personal comment separate here a little bit. But, but you know, let's just take the abortion issue. The reality of it is the vast majority of people that are one way or the other, pro or, or, or not, you know, that's pretty well where you're going to be. I mean, I don't know that you change a lot of minds on either side. It's very emotional. It's very controversial to a lot of different people. And people just believe that in their issue strongly. And I just don't know that you're going to change much of what you normally have right now in Missouri, uh, the way the vast majority of the people feel here. So whether we always like the outcome of that or not, it's I don't know that you're going to move the needle talking about that for an entire session and you don't get all these other things done. I'm not sure what the end game would be. For, for on either side. So I want to ask you about a couple of other issues, Governor. You're hoping to spend $50 million in school safety grants. I'm wondering what kinds of things would that money go towards? And again, so many parents concerned about the safety of their kids when they go out the door in the morning and walk over to the schoolhouse. What is a school safety grant? Well, I, I think one point you just made, Steve, is another point that I think people need to understand, too. It's just not your children. People want to leave their home in the morning and feel like they're safe when they mm-hmm. go to work, when they go to the store, all over the state of Missouri. And I don't care whether you're downtowns or rural areas. People, people want to feel safe. What happened in St. Louis in, in that region was just a terrible tragedy, as we all know. But for the reaction that happened to a deranged person, it happened the way the response happened the way it should. Law enforcement got there as soon as they possibly could. The school took reactions, you know, that they done, they implemented, were the right things to do, and literally saved lives by, by doing it. And I think that model and making sure that building was secure uh, as much as you possibly can secure it is the model that we need to go out and make sure the rest of these schools, if that should happen, and we all hope and pray it never does, but if it does, that the, you know, everybody knows exactly what to do and that time comes, exactly where those kids are supposed to go, how they're supposed to be surrounded, how they're supposed to be locked down, what the security officers are supposed to be that are there, and where your entry points are. You also have a plan to improve Missouri's maternal mortality rate, Governor. What kind of funding uh, and what kind of funding would that receive? What do you want to do there? Yeah, look, look well, our statistic, and that's terrible. You know, 75% of those deaths could be preventable. And, you know, as a grandparent, I sit here and I, and I see those kind of numbers, and I think how precious life is for everybody. And, you know, when all it takes is just one visit, one stop, one part of care gets in there, we can turn the needle on that. We just got to do a better job of figuring out what that is. That was Missouri Governor Mike Parson and KCUR's Steve Kraske. You can hear their entire conversation at kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more on Missouri politics, visit kcur.org, where you can find more reporting from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.